Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Again, thanks, Jamal. So, welcome to welcome welcome to yet another version of Bill Roden on sports. This is our second take. Should I tell him Jamal why this is our second take? No, 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 no. Go ahead, no. throw me under the bus. It's fine. No, no, not not in the age of Corona. We can't afford it. normally pre-Corona. I definitely throw you under the bus. We need all hands available. So I, I hear that. Let's spare. But hey, you know, I'm coming to you from a undisclosed location, upstate New York sequestered here basically uh and uh joined by my two great co-hosts first great jamal murphy holding it down in brooklyn new york jamal what's going on brother what's up bill obviously i'm still trying to um, figure out the whole zoom thing even though we do it every week i should have it <laughs> i should have it by now uh but yeah i finally press record so we're good to go we're good and then of course holding it down harlem usa uh the wonderful aaron matthewson aaron what's going on Bill Jamal, Karan, it's so good to see you guys. Uh, Aaron's kind of frozen, man. You got a, you got a Harlem, oh. you got a Harlem internet connection. You got a Harlem Wi-Fi connection. Uh-oh. You got a Harlem Wi-Fi. Uh-oh. Don't say that. Don't say that. It's it's, it's gentrified yeah, now, anyway. Well, well, well she doesn't have the exactly. the no, she doesn't have the non the non gentrified Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> Wait, am I am I back? Am back. I? Well, you kind of. We'll make mm-hmm. do. Well, well, okay, we'll come back okay. to Aaron. Hi, hi Aaron. Okay, I'll, you know what? I'm going to move closer to... I'll, hi, I'll move closer to my router. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <Okay>. um. <laughs> white, people, white people don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we've got five of them. You know, we've got the... Orig- anyway, and joining us uh, uh, from Chicago, uh, great friend of the show. I was, gonna, I was about to say Karan Butler. Jesus. I'm, sure, I'm sure that happens. <laughs> I'm sure that happens. Come on, how many times do people call you Karan Butler? Actually, Karan. So I just kind of rolled with it when I was younger. Uh, so it's Karan. So it's I just Car- it's Karan. It's good, Karan. Karan. Karan I'm sorry, Phillips. Karan. Karan. Karan Phillips. Uh, Karan is a senior writer for Deadspin. Uh, before that, he was with uh, the Shadow League. Before that, he was an outstanding columnist with the Daily News. He's been on the show a few times. Uh, always uh, compelling, always provocative. So, Karan, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, man. I missed y'all, so I'm you know, happy to be here. Yeah. You know, one of the things we talked about before Jamal hit the right button right. <laughs> was this idea of, you know, you saying, you know, you're holding it down Chicago. You know, well, tell us a little bit about what you're doing with uh, Deadspin. You're talking about the relaunch. Hey, hey, uh, Aaron, he's down, He's in Chicago with Donovan Dooley. I know. I saw. Congratulations, Karen. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Well, um, I mean, Donovan is with him. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for both of you. Starting this, this relaunch in the middle of a pandemic. So, uh, you know, that's new. That's different. Um, and everything that comes along with that. But, you know, one of the things you were talking about was this access to and before the uh, lockdown, the NBA had already, and Major League Baseball, too, had already started this foolishness of kicking the media out of the locker room. 
and uh, ostensibly for safety reasons, though we all know that they've been trying to do that anyway. But what do you think about that? What, what is access going to be like when it, when it comes back? Do you think we're going to ever regain uh, that access to locker rooms and clubhouses? I would think so. I hope so. But as you said, like, this is going to be a whole new way of life when this is eventually over, whenever that is. Um, but the whole idea with access, um, I, I just think back to the Rudy Gobert situation where, you know, they put all the provisions on us uh, when actually it was the, the careless act of a player. Um, you know, we don't know how Gobert got it. Like, that's still something up in the air. But we do know that video of him touching every mic and mimicking in the, in the reports we got from that locker room and him and Donovan Mitchell still not being cool, which I'm totally on the side of Donovan Mitchell because I wouldn't be cool with you either after what you did. Right. Uh, but I think that's going to, you know, let leaks around. No, like, yes, I'm sure there's going to be some precautions um, for everyone when life returns. But Drudy Gobert is exhibit A of why, hey, it's not us. Um, let's all, you know, act in a way that's a little bit more courteous and, and careful for, for all of us in, in everyone's sake. What's your, what's your take on when sports will actually uh, return? I know nobody knows, of course, but, you know, you personally, like, what's your feeling about, about it? You know, how soon, which sports does this, the whole uh, theory about, you know, keeping everybody in, you know, one or two states, does that make sense to you? No, like I, I believe that if, if we're going to get something, I'm looking at college football or the NFL seats. This I wrote a, c- a column back in March about how like the NBA is a wrap. Right. I'm just <laughs> then I told I told you know Adam Silver like just look man pull the court like this isn't happening. So I know LeBron tweeted the other day and I'm like I don't know what LeBron's talking about. But uh, I know Brian Windhorst had a report this morning about how ESPN did their own deep dive trying to figure out when could this be feasible. And it's not looking good. And I'm just like, I said this two months ago. Like this, there is no way that you can get the NBA back and get guys and give them enough time to get back in the proper shape that you needed to have been in March as you're getting ready to head into a playoff run when you know we know how the nba is that last six seven eight weeks of the season is a marathon because teams are trying to jockey for that eight seven six seed teams at the top are trying to lock in their seating if they're going to have home court and that's where teams really get rolling as the postseason starts so if you giving teams a three four month break then you expecting them to get back in shape and then go straight into that and into a playoff. And then what? You get a month or two off. You got to have a draft. You got to have some type of summer league, um, some type of preseason workouts. And then you want to start the season later. I just don't understand how you do all this. Well, Karen, I'm wondering what you think about the news that came out today that um, that uh, Commissioner Silver doesn't want to test asymptomatic players. And I think having teams practice in, in facilities might be dicey. What do you think about all that? It's all, it's just more reason why I was like, just you know, put a plug on this. <laughs> because I didn't even get into TVs and, and how the TV and network deals are supposed to happen. Ooh, but can we talk about that? Yeah, like if we just talking about 
how basketball is supposed to be played and the level of basketball we are uh, expecting for a playoff run or playoff push. And then we talk about uh, player safety, health, fans, people in the arena, and then we get into the money of TV and big business of that thing. I just do not understand how the NBA gets going. Do I want basketball? Yes. I am a college basketball fan. I was living in Atlanta, the final four. I was ready. I was hurt. I was crushed. It didn't happen. Right. Like, I'm a Duke fan. Like, y'all know, y'all joke with me. I was hoping I could see Duke We weren't joking. The same time. <laughs> but, like, when stuff doesn't happen, it just doesn't happen. It, but football is the only thing that hasn't been truly affected. So that's why I'm looking at them as the ones that can probably kick this off, but that's still unclear. But I just don't know how you start basketball back with everything that basketball is, especially with the NBA, which has turned into a 12-month sport, given how the popularity yeah. of Summer League has been the last couple seasons and how buck wild social media gets on July 1st when free agency starts. Yeah, like, it does. What do you do with all that? I don't know. I'm really, really smart, but I'm not that smart to figure it out, but I'm smart enough to know that this don't feel like it's going to happen. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you mentioned the money, the TV money. I mean, that's really, really serious. When that TV, because, you know, the, a lot of the reason the owners could do this and that is because they knew that they had that, that, that backup of all the TV revenue. Now, you know, and I guess that's probably why they've been trying to essentially put the season on ventilators. That's basically what they've been trying to do, you know. Okay. And uh, once that doesn't work and they got to pull that plug, man, I, I'm just wondering what are the financial <laughs> repercussions of that in terms of, you know, just, oh, my God. Um, that's going to be well, play, very, play, very serious. Players are going to have to, you know, give some salary back. You know, we, you, know, we you think so? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they've already, I I they've, they've already, they've they already, already talked about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. They've already, they're already giving salary back. Except if Rich Paul is your agent, then you did not. Oh. Um, oh. Which is what everyone has learned that if you huh. haven't learned by now that, that if you need to sign on Rich Paul, because Rich Paul, there were a number. We hey. wrote a desperate. There were a small number of players that had this provision in their contracts where they mm. could get their money back because of this. And Rich Paul uh, repped the majority of those players. Um, wow. Yeah, like, do your deals with Rich Paul because he's going to save you some money and get you some pandemic insurance. So they- <laughs> but, where, but, where, but where it is, they're going to even go after those players and try to get them. Whereas, you're right, uh, he was able to, they didn't give any money to the NBA yet, but supposedly the NBA will go after those players too and try to get that money back for games. Oh, really? Played. So we'll I, see. I haven't seen Rich Paul lose a battle. <laughs> <laughs> this rule the NCAA tried to put in or him trying to get his client from New Orleans to LA. I haven't seen that dude take a loss. So good luck with that uh, NBA. But I think his, his guys are going to keep their money. Adam Silver says he's determined. He's determined to c- complete the season. So given all of what you said, what does that look like? Like if, I was determined to cover the Final Four a couple of months ago. <laughs> it didn't happen either. So listen, we've all been determined to do a lot of stuff uh, and had plans to travel and do all these things. I was determined to make this wedding in Boston. I'm supposed to fly to in July. Don't look like that's happening either. So Adam Silver can be determined all he wants to, but I just moved from a state in Georgia just to just had a uh, one thousand brand new cases. Right. Uh, found out this morning. So. Well, you know, you guys, you got to have an idiot, idiot governor in Georgia, though. I mean, you, you got a, a, a total nut 
in Georgia who talk about open up tattoo parlors and you know I mean, shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 bowling alleys. Bowling alleys. You have an NBA franchise in Georgia too. This right. is not like it was North North Dakota, South Dakota, where you didn't have anyone there for teams that could be affected. So that's why I'm throwing all these, these variables and the new information that changes every single day. Adam Silver can be determined as he wants to. This is something no one's ever experienced or done with. And extraordinary times, you know, lead to extraordinary measures. And that's why, again, like I said in March, I just pretty much was like, look, it's just time to cancel the season. And I understand why they're fighting for it. But I think at some point they're going to realize, like, this is the fight they're not going to win. I, I do think it, this this would be a uh, they it have to be a bit of a drastic thing. I would just take uh, Milwaukee and Los Angeles. You know, they had the two best records. Take those two teams. Say, listen, you know, that's the way that all y'all do load management, all that kind of stuff. We're taking the Bucks. We're taking the Lakers. It's easier. It's easier to test a, a smaller group of people. Said this is going to be our championship. We're going to, however we test them and all that, we'll play however they do it, but it'll just be those two teams, and it'll be the best of three or whatever, and that's it. And in history, we'll look back on it. It'll have, you know, we've all seen those kind of seasons where whether it's a strike-shortened season or 9-11 or the earthquake and whatever, and it'll just be one of those things in history where, you know, and all of us, whoever is fortunate, we'll consider ourselves fortunate to cover it, however we cover it. We may be in the bubble or online or however you watch it. You know, the ratings are going to be off the roof. You know, if the chains are off the hook for the damn last dance, which we'll talk to you about, if the ratings are off the hook for that, you know the ratings will be off the hook for the Greek Freak, LeBron, Anthony Davis, that whole crew, and they'll just have to figure out, and maybe you guys can tell me, just those two teams, how do we do it? Do we meet in like fucking South Dakota? <laughs> you know, uh, since she said that, you know, the governor said, oh, we have no problems here except they had to shut down the damn meatpacking plant because they had like a million kids. <laughs> yeah, but what do you think? How do you think if we just had two teams, hmm. how could you hmm. do it? That That's interesting. And interesting. I, I can't knock it because we got to do something, right? But my thing would be, I, did, I never thought Milwaukee was going to be the team to get there. Mm. Um, so I had the Lakers there. Um, and before yeah. I started, I had Miami there because sure. that looked like the team in the East nobody wanted to see in the seven-game series. Um, mm. you just, I get it with one seeds going against each other, but look, you can do L.A.-Milwaukee. We'll take it, right? Yeah, I'll take anything <laughs> at this point. But look, At this point, you take anything. Doing a preseason, I had, I had the Lakers winning this all anyway. So over the Clippers, change anything to me anyway. Yeah, I had the Clippers. Yeah, but you know what? Okay, you, you, we'll say that's what you all get. That's what you all get for load management and that's all right. that. You're right. I can't argue that's with that. Kawhi, Kawhi know? messed this up, man. You yeah, know so now, so now we're gonna take the team and Milwaukee, and then Milwaukee's got the Greek freak. I mean, with all due respect to Miami, who they got? I mean, because you do need a star if you're gonna pull this off. So, Greek Freak is much CTV, you know, LeBron, much CTV, Anthony Day, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know where you have it played. Well, they're going to have charter planes, right? So, on the charter, you can make sure the charter is all antiseptically right. rubbed down. Uh, you have your essential staff, you know, your, your coaches, 
stuff like that. Wives, <laughs> girlfriends. No, and all of them stay the fuck all home. Them. All of them stay home. Stay home, and we'll go wherever. Uh, for and you'll be there for like. It, it, it rather than go back and forth, home and home. It'll just have to be right. It have to be like a neutral, like a neutral spot, like almost like one, one, one spot. You know where you could everybody's tested, tested daily, and you and the teams will make a commitment for. Listen, we'll be here for a week. Hell, y'all been shut down for you know, um, and maybe you know you'll have like a restaurant, a, a, a designated right one spot. It'll be very controlled, you know, uh, and. Um, you play, and, and, and I think it will also serve as a test trial run for what could become the norm, particularly when they see that the ratings are off the chain. You know, more viewers pay for view. It's going to be pay-per-view, right? You're going, to, you're going to pay for this. People are going to pay for this. It's not going to be free. What do you all think about that, the, the paying part? Do you think people will buy this? Hmm. That's, that's I don't think you can tax people in a time that's like every where the economy is in the in the trash can right now. Like that's that's okay. the, right. before, <laughs> but it's coming. But it's coming now with everyone trying to give people you know economic relief. I then can't think you can turn around and be like, "Hey, <laughs> we need your account number though." That's right. The, right. But figuring out which network would carry it now that is a conversation. I would want no part. But, but, but wouldn't it be ESPN? Right? No, well, they have a deal till 2024, right? And then NBA just signed a deal with Microsoft. So I don't know what's happening. It sounds, I think it's something's changing. Well, yeah, but anyway, but that kind of gets in the weeds. But to me, that's the solution because then the NBA will get some of his TV money back. And I'm sure they'll make a, a deal with the network to say, well, okay, we're not going to give you all of the money but we'll give some back and we'll have live sports and it'll be so unique that I just think it'll be a ratings bonanza but I do think this is going to be the wave of the future you know you you know I've seen uh uh what do you got NBA 2K they've already figured it out how to have the ambiance they've got I've seen the kids at, at my program playing NBA 2K they got Doris Burke Calling the games and Barb Albert, they got the crowd noise. I mean, it is real. It is absolutely real. So I'm sure, and they're going to make this like a studio. It's going to be a studio production of these two teams. Like you saw the NFL deal with the draft. So NBA said, okay, well, we can take that to another level of basically creating an atmosphere with the music, the this, the that. And the only difference is that you have some live competition as long as the athletes are we can guarantee that the athletes are held out Rudy Gobert will not be uh, uh, you know <laughs> he, he has nothing to do with this at all uh-uh. <laughs> Rudy Gobert is so sorry I, I guarantee you he's going to be paying for this forever yeah he's oh no question no but what you Bill what you're saying is basically we'll take whatever we can get so this you I mean all these ideas that people are coming up with you know, there's no there's no bad ideas because all of them right. involve the sport coming back in some form or fashion. And if it does, like you said, everybody's going to watch. You know, they're right. not going to have any problem in terms of getting publicity for it and people being excited excited about it. Once again, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. 
Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports for your free audiobook. He said, we'll get to the last dance a little later, but I wanted to talk to um, Karin about uh, some college basketball news um, that Ooh, happened recently. Duke. Another, yes. another, another sport. Another sport that we don't, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, whether they're going to play a full season and all, but they have had some off-season news. Um, and in the last couple of weeks, we had three of the top 15 high school prospects decide to, to go the G League route instead of to school or instead of overseas. Uh, G League paying them anywhere from, what, three hundred to 500000 were the reports. And then, of course, you know, the, the players were Jalen Green, Deshaun Nix, and Isaiah Todd. Uh, they all decided to to play for the G League next year. And, of course, with that, you have a lot of people, um, you know, talking about college basketball. Everybody uh, lost their mind. It's all, you know, college basketball is dead. You know, what is this going to do? They're not going to get any good players. But, you know, Karin, what, you know, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I just look back to pre-one and done. Isn't college basketball used to this? They survived that. It's, listen, this is why the day it came out, I spent like a couple hours writing this column and it was my way of just yelling at everyone, like, calm down. Like, y'all have lost your minds. College basketball will not be affected the way you think it. Everyone thought this was going to be some new revolution. Uh, had a whole conversation and text conversation. Shout out to Clint Yates. Um, if we had this long combo and I was like, look, look, Yates, because he had he had he's at the stance that this is just going to just change the game. This is this is this is revolutionary. Um, th- there are no such thing as blue blood programs anymore. These kids have different ideas. And, I, and then I hit them with stats because there's a difference between what you think is going to happen and what's actually happened. The past three years, the past 72 McDonald's All-Americans that have been named. Over 40% of them have gone to the Blue Bloods. And I just broke, I just left that as four schools. Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas. 29 of the 72 kids have gone to those four schools. This isn't going to change anything. Isaiah Isaiah, was supposed to go to Michigan. Cool. That's not a Blue Blood anymore. They've got one national. Mm. Um, Jalen Green was picking, was probably going to go to Memphis. Uh, they played in what one national title and that was 08 and they lost. That's not a blue girl program. College basketball has always been about the many and not the few. Now, am I happy yeah. these kids who don't want to go to school that want to get paid are getting paid? Yes, this is awesome. But I don't understand how this system is going to work because if you look at it from a macro view, it just does not makes sense and cannot be sustainable when we're supposedly supposed to get rid of this this one and done rule in 2022 correct right right. started in 2005 however i asked this question to everyone i've talked to as someone that has covered basketball 
um, at, a, at a powerhouse when I was in grad school at Syracuse, when I covered it in the mid-major when I lived in Delaware at the University of Delaware, when I covered it in high school, covering NBA teams, and covering G League teams. There are very few of us that have covered all these levels of basketball. And I am telling you, when you cover G League basketball, it is not sexy. <laughs> it is not cute. Shams, you know, Shams just tweeted today that the G League just broke news that now on the road, they don't have to be roommates anymore. And they get $15 mm. a deal. We had grown men with roommates. When I was in Delaware, the team was working out at the Boys and Girls Club. Mm. Right. The Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. The, G, the G League team. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so now don't tell me that 18-year-old overpaid kids that's making half a million dollars now have to play against grown men who have been sleeping <laughs> um, with roommates on the road, living in Erie, Pennsylvania, and South Dakota, and Fort Wayne, Indiana, for all these years, just trying to make it, making $35,000 a year. Now you put them in the same league and they got to play each other? And you telling me these 18-year-olds who weren't the Zions, who weren't the T-Macs, who even if they did get drafted, weren't going to make an immediate impact in the NBA. Now this is supposed to be sustainable? Well, but I, I guess the thing is, if you know, I, I guess the 300,000 thing is an outlier. But if you could, um, first, first of all, we all know that's the minor league, whether you're in hockey and baseball, the minor leagues are the minor leagues, which is why people are so damn grateful to get to the majors, the NBA and the NFL for a long time, they've escaped that. They've escaped that, that kind of whole backwards kind of thing, right? By having colleges act up. But if there's no college football, if there's no college football, all this shit goes out the window. We don't even worry about college basketball. If there's no college football, which is the engine for this, this whole thing could go to pieces. Then all of a sudden, the uh, G League started looking pretty good. If, 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 if schools are saying, you know, maybe outside the power five, but then they, you, we can't afford this stuff. You know, we cannot afford, without football money, we nope. can't afford this. That, 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 that right there is a myth that people don't realize because the NCAA, the other reason why I don't believe this is because the NCAA cannot afford to let college basketball fail. The NCAA makes 98% of the money they make annually off March Madness Tournament. College basketball makes 98% of the NCAA's money. College football is what you put on the porch because people love it. It's the biggest sport. It's bigger than college basketball. But college basketball is what actually makes the money. The NCAA is not going to let college basketball fail. Look, the G League can take off. We can lose this one and done rule. Cool. But look, I I looked up the seasons. The the one and done rule started in 2005. There have only been two teams since 2005 that have won national championships with one and done players. If you add 2005 Carolina, that makes it three because uh, Marvin Williams was on that team. Kentucky in 2012 with Anthony Davis and his crew, and Duke in 2015 with Tyus Jones and their crew with Jaleel Okafor. Since then, you go down the list of national championships since 2005. Every team has had sophomores, juniors, and seniors. So when people say, oh, this is going to change the sport, kids aren't going to want to play, it's going to lose the luster of it, I'm like, you know what, college, college basketball has been on the downhill for a while, but it, it is the only sport that still owns an entire month. 
And is it a cultural event when you think about how much gambling and betting goes on with brackets and people watching their school? Like it has become outside of the Super Bowl, the biggest sporting event that this country pays attention to annually. And yeah. also, and also, you know, a lot of college ba- college football, basketball success, college sports success is like regional. You care about the particular leagues. You know, I, I don't get me wrong. I think the players are, you know, are the biggest part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have better players, more people watch and all that stuff. But there is just a built-in fan There's base. There's an allegiance because it's your school. And that, that too. Away. Like the allegiance of cheering for your school will never go away. I was having this, actually, I was having this conversation with Donovan when we were discussing this. And oh, I, no. And I was like, look, <laughs> I cheered as hard for Duke when Zion was in the tournament as I did when Greg Paulus was in the tournament. Because when it's your team, you're going to cheer for your team no matter who's wearing the uniform. And I was like, that's something college basketball has that the G League will never have. Right. Because I ask people yeah. all the time, when's the last time you went to a G League game? And mm. It's silent. And I was like, mm. when's the last time mm. you put on NBA TV to watch the G League showcase? Yeah, I, I usually skip that. Fair, fair. People, hey, who led the G League in scoring last year? And nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, but who, but who, who, but who watches who watches minor league hockey? I'm not paying attention to the G League. Right, who, who, who watches minor league hockey? Who watches minor league baseball? Only people who watch minor league baseball are those people Scouts. and those are those little markets out there. And I don't yeah, know. We we. we Look at minor league hockey or minor league baseball as an entity that's going to change collegiate baseball or collegiate hockey because you still got the Frozen Four. You're still watching Omaha for the College World Series. People are acting like this G League is just going to affect college basketball and, you know, this is the last leg in college basketball. And I'm like, no, it's not because college basketball is an institution that has been here before and dealt, it dealt with an FBI investigation where we have audio and video of Will Wade and Sean Miller on wiretaps talking about how they pay kids in college basketball and Will Wade and Sean Miller still have their jobs. If you, if you can stand the test of time against a three-year investigation from the feds, I don't think three 18-year-olds are going to cripple you. And that's, well, that's the key, that's, too. That's, that's racism. The reason, the reason, no, seriously, the reason why those, who got, who got, who did the time? Right. Well, this is black coaches. Yeah, I mean, so yes, but I, I just think that, I, I think you're right, Karan, but I also think this is going to whiten the game. This is going to whiten college basketball because they're going to be there, you know, they're going to be brothers who are going to be going for the money who are going to get played, you know, who are going to go get paid. You could say you're going to make $60,000, $80,000 out of high school rather than go to, and, and maybe, you know, maybe not the Power Five, maybe not Duke, maybe not Kansas. You know, maybe not Kentucky, but anything else. Well, wait a minute. Why am I going to play for, you know, I don't know the name of a team like, you know, right. Eastern Kentucky, you know. New Mexico. I can, but a, an, inter, yeah. an, inter, an interesting <laughs> thing, an interesting thing about this now is that I was, I was really surprised that there was only three of the top guys this year, because if hmm. there was ever a year to, to go straight to the G League and, and take the money, now is the year because you don't even we don't even know what's going to happen with college the, basketball. The, the issue with this is that Bill raised a good point. Like this is white in the sport, and I'm like, at first it will, but then it didn't even back out because this is the part that no one's talking about with this. Hmm. If you go to college and say 
say after all this happens, it's 2025, and you're like, look, I always, I always wanted to play for Kansas. Right. Years went there. I grew up being a Kansas fan. I'm gonna just do this one year in Kansas. I want to hear Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I want to get buckets in, in Fog Allen Fieldhouse, and I'm going to leave to get my money. And you get hurt that season, or you don't have a good year. You do still have the option to come back and be a sophomore, junior, and senior. If you go straight to the G League, your eligibility is shot. So huh. say you go to the G League and you think you hot stuff, and you wind up and you suck. You're stuck in the G League forever. What overseas team is going to want a G League flunk out? You can't go to college and play anymore. And now you're stuck making $60,000. And, oh, since you suck, they're going to cut you. What do you do now? And well, don't answer that question. Because if you go to the G League and you ain't good enough, you're stuck in purgatory. So, so, so maybe if the NCAA is smart or desperate, let's say more desperate than smart, Let's say, listen, you know, we always start relaxing these rules around amateurism and all that. You know what? If you go, because they, were, they had fooled around with us about 10 years ago. Okay, you go to the G League, you make a mistake. We're going to allow you to be re-recruited. All right? You go, you go to the G League, and you're there, as long as you're there just for one year, for one year, and you realize, you know what? This was a mistake. Hmm. We'll allow you to be re-recruited. You'll lose, let's say, a year or two of eligibility. Well, there'll be some penalty, you know, but we will allow you to be re-recruited. Now, you're right. That will create a whole other level of scandal because now the colleges will get a much better player. You know, they'll get a much better player than they older. had going in. Yeah, older, a little stronger, but we'll bring you back just for your junior, you know, your, maybe your, your losing year, and you'll just be able to play with us for two years. But if I was the NCAA, I wouldn't even do that. I would just let the people fail that's going to fail and then be like, hmm, now, now do you see that we're the better alternative? Because like I said, mm-hmm. college basketball has something that no one else. And in my column, I make this list of players that were made by by March Madness Tournament. No one knew who C.J. McCollum was so that he dropped 30 on Duke. Imagine mm-hmm. if Davidson never makes a tournament in 2008 and we never see Steph Curry on TV mm-hmm. make a for the lead eight. Is Steph Curry in the league right now? Is C.J. McCollum in the league right now? Like, we can go through the list of players who have blown up. Ask John Morant how much him balling out in the tournament last year helped his draft status. Right, right. right. Or, or just just uh, proving you can play at the college level. I mean, there are, there are, you know, the majority, the vast majority of guys, you know, they're not good enough to, to play in the NBA as a freshman. And they take they might take an extra year or an extra two years, and there are plenty of guys drafted that way who don't who aren't even at that level until they played a couple of years in college against good competition. Yeah, like Don, like Don, I listed Dante Divincenzo. Dante Divincenzo was the six man Don- Villanova who was coming back to be the leader of the team next year. Drops thirty one against Michigan in the national titles game. Is named MOP, and boom! All of a sudden, he's the seventeenth pick because he played his best game in the biggest game while everyone was watching. Right. Have the tournament, yeah. then you then you back on campus in North Philly, walking around eating the cafeteria. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and Dante Divincenzo, I saw him in high school. He didn't even he didn't even play in the real Jordan Classic game. He was in that he was in that regional game, as was Donovan Mitchell. So that these guys, when they came into the league, they weren't ready yet, and they became better players through college. So there's always going to be that story. That's not going anywhere. You gotta tell me. I was in Delaware then, and I didn't even vote for Dante DiVincenzo <laughs> Player of the Year. I had right. him second. Because who, was, who was Player of the Year? Um, 
What was Mikey's last name? This kid who went to Quinnipiac and then oh. he transferred to St. John. Mikey Dixon. Okay. Uh, Mikey Dixon, who went to Sanford, had a better season than Dante did. Now, when the playoff started, Dante was unbelievable. And they right. led them to a state championship and he had already committed to Jay Wright. But during the regular season, I told, and I told this to, to their faces, both like, Mikey Dixon was the best player in the state that year. Hmm. So before we get off the college thing, on Wednesday, the NCAA announced that it'll adopt the image and uh, the name, image, and likeness rules for athletes starting in 2021, uh, 2022, allowing mm-hmm. uh, players to receive compensation for third-party endorsements and opportunities such as social media businesses and personal appearances. What what does this mean? What what effect will this have? This is uh, an effect of the FBI investigation. This is an effect of Gavin Newsom being the governor, who's also a former student athlete that people forget about getting on the shop on LeBron's show and, you know, drawing a line in the sand and saying, look, uh, we're changing this law in California. And then we saw all these other states jump in line, which pretty much forced the NCAA's hand to move faster. But another thing, again, that helps college basketball that people forgot in 2018 because of the investigation. They changed the rules in college basketball that allowed high school kids to have agents. Uh-huh. And college players to have agents. Look at uh-huh. Jordan Ward from Louisville signed with an agent last year, and he's just now declared this year. So there were provisions made. It's just that people don't necessarily play as much attention to college basketball where it allowed them to have agents. But this is all the way this has been leading to this going all the way back with the Edelman case. Um, so now hopefully these kids will get some money. And, and the way the thing about this, that is the best that people aren't thinking of. This allows kids at different schools and at different regions and different programs to make their money. So when you're the star lacrosse player up in Syracuse, you can make money now because that's a regional sport that, you know, that's growing. But there's going to be some maybe a car dealership up there that wants to use you for promo. If you're out in some state in the West coast and y'all are, you know, the swimming powerhouse and you the best diver in the country now, because of that market you in, you can make money. This was never about being fair and right. start offensive tackle, getting the same amount of money as the wide receiver that's selling on the jersey. This was never about that. This was, if you're, the athlete that can bring in money in whatever sport that's big as wherever you are, because you deserve it because you're selling jerseys and you're driving that program. You deserve to get something back. So this does do that, but we were never just going to get fair and everyone's going to get the same amount, but this, uh, this is a really good step forward for at least those athletes who are leading programs and on the brochures and the pamphlets to finally not be eating oodles and noodles every night. Right. And they'll still be cheating. I mean, you know, they'll still, right, they'll, right. still, they'll still be cheating. Yeah, we still got boosters. Yeah, they'll still be cheating, you know, a million dollars. But that, that, I mean, like you said, it's a step in the right direction, but it just shows that Intercollegiate Athletics does, they, they know that they've got this foundation built on, uh, built on sand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, and uh, play like, like the G League or whatever, they know that, that this thing is just so fragile. Is so fragile. They're just a lawsuit away from this whole thing kind of crumbling. And not, not only, I don't know what you guys, not just a lawsuit away, but they're a, uh, what's the kid's name who's going to the G League uh, we just talked about? Green, um, Jalen Green. Jalen Green. They're, they're just, they're just a, a Jalen Green or Zion Williams away from, 
and and salary bumps away. And like you said, making it making it at least livable, making the, the minor league at least a plausible alternative for for kids who not design Williams, but somebody said, you know what, I'm not a college guy. You know, you know, if I'm gonna get hurt, I'm gonna get hurt making eighty thousand dollars a year. You know, yep. Yep. so uh, now, we'll, we should last, see. Lastly, on this point is that uh, another thing that everyone's not talking about. Now all the pressure is on Jalen Green, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Green was the one who got the first fifty thousand, uh, five hundred thousand dollar contract with incentives. It might be close to a million because he's got some endorsement deal. Now all the pressure is on this eighteen year old kid to be the face of a league like this, they're going to be old heads in that league gunning for him, and now he has to be a success. Because if Jalen Green winds up, you know, whenever this G League season starts and then in the oncoming draft, if Jalen Green winds up turning to a second-round draft pick, then this will have kind of all been for nothing. Mm. Right, and there was a kid, who, a kid who did this a couple, you know, a couple of years ago. He was supposed to go to Syracuse. I forget his oh, name. Oh, Darius Basley. Basley, right. Yeah, and it, but you know, he, he, he ended up getting he ended up getting drafted. What was it, the first round? Yeah, he actually wound up skipping out on the G League and took an internship uh, with a shoe company because he got a shoe deal. And then he just had one on one training. And guess who his agent was? Rich Paul. Uh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just, but that that goes to your point too, in terms of Rich Paul was smart enough to not even let him play in the G League, exactly. so his stock wouldn't go down. Exactly. You know, so he didn't play and still got drafted, in, I think, in the teens, in the first round, 17th or something yeah. like that. And, and, and is in the rotation in LKC. Right. Um, and has, has been uh, a for them. Because, you know, as we as we see it all the time, the more tape they have on you, the more they can pick apart your game. And sometimes, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes less access is, is, is good for you. Uh, Almost so, all the so, time. So, Karan. As we as we wind this down, I think we we've done really well with those sports. I mean, we could you know we could create our own shot, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I guess do you think there's going to be an NFL season? Let, let's let's start with that. Uh, do you think there's going to be an NFL season? Do you think there's going to be a college football season? Because like I said, if there's no if if that doesn't happen, if there's no college football, a lot of this conversation about intercollegiate athletics is moved. But do you think there's going to be a college uh, football uh, a an NFL season? I think football, uh, if we are going to have sports this year, football will be the ones to do it. Because when you think about the way football is set up, uh, it's outside. Now, the thing with basketball is it's indoors. And if you're talking about a disease where you can cough and sneeze on some folks and y'all under one roof, that's a little bit more scary. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to be around these folks. But I can be in the outdoor and arena. I would probably be a little bit more amped to grab my mask and, and you know, go, go on a Saturday, see a football game, a Sunday night, you know, go, go see the NFL. Uh, and also the NFL and college football haven't been affected yet. Now this might push back like some OTAs and, you know, college football lost spring ball, um, which is a really big deal, but you know, they can make that up in late summer. Uh, so if we are going to get something, I, I think it would be football, but still, like you said earlier, that's all up to debate, but I just think the 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 variables of being outdoors is a little bit safer than being under one roof and people coughing and sneezing and not washing their hands around. <laughs> Aaron, are you going to be one of the first people to come back to the to, to the stadium? Um, 
Barbie. I mean, in my mind, I feel like I'm immune. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> so my thing is, um, I, I would, I'd want to be tested first, to be quite honest. And if I, if I um, had antibodies or gotten it, you know, whatever, um, I'd be down. So, but that's the that's the key. Also, I mean, are we gonna? We we don't have we don't have much federal. We don't have any federal leadership on this, really. Um, so I've always taken the position that whatever the worst case scenario for us is what's going to happen because of the leadership we have. Um, if we had better leadership, we'd, we'd probably be further ahead right now. So I'm, I'm just not confident. And then football, there's so many more people involved, just the teams. The teams are bigger. The, uh, you know, the, tra- the training staffs are bigger. The coaching staffs are larger. Stadium's bigger. Stadium's bigger. More, the fa- more fans. You know, even if you are outside, it's still more fans. More germs. And more, more MAGA fans. So oh, wait. Can, can I Are they going to follow the rules? You, you, think, you think MAGA's yeah. not going to be deep up in, uh, up, uh, <laughs> in the parking lots before I, the game? Come on. I'm going to say when, when we get a vaccine, hopefully in 18 to 24 months, we're going to see a lot of stuff. We're gonna see people. Like that's when this everybody's gonna be like, that's okay. That's you just said a year and a half, two well, years. Well, look, Bill, Bill question was what sport are we gonna get back? Um <laughs> uh, alum, I'm more concerned of is homecoming gonna happen? Like that's uh, <laughs> it's not happening. Give me homecoming and tailgate before it's gonna be virtual homecoming. Vir- oh no, yeah. oh no. That's terrible. Happening. That's terrible. That's like but that's I, like that's like watching uh, Michael Blackson IG live. <laughs> but um, but that the, the college football thing or the college sports thing, we 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 have to wait. And, you know, what if what if colleges for the most part don't let students back? Like, what if there's a another surge and there are no students? And then are we? Are well, we is there still a possibility of sports without? Students even being on campus, and that would show you the business of college sports. Yeah. You, can, you cannot bring they, athletes back. You can't. So, well, we're going to keep the students away. We're going to bring the athletes in. I can you see know. it. I can see you it. Know, I can do, see it, too. I can that. see it, too. It's going to no. happen, Bill. We're going to figure out a way. Listen, I can see it because we live in a country where the vice president who's supposed to be leaving this COVID relief fund was walking around the mayor. Yes, he was. With nothing. In the words of Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. (laughs) Exactly. No, you're right. Well, we'll see. Let's uh, let's talk quick about the, uh, I know everybody's watching The Last Dance. Um, you're, You're from Michigan, right? So the bad boy Pistons played a big part in the in episodes three and four. First team I ever fell in love with. Oh, so they, so you're oh. the perfect you're the perfect person to ask. Yeah. I mean, I look even at the time, I remember, you know, it just, you know, showing what Jordan had to go through. And, you know, I always call this, you know, the players of this era, and I and I I use it for hip hop also. Like play like athletes of this era and, and hip hop musicians of this era, it's like the no hand check league right now. You know, <laughs> no hand but back in the day yes. You had to go through some real stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And then I remember at the time watching Jordan going up against the Pistons and thinking it was, I was like, yo, this is not fair. How are you going to tackle the dude every, every you know, couple plays? Uh, what, do you, what do you remember about that time? I, I live in, the, that's the way our state is, okay? We Saginaw, Flint, Bay City, Detroit, Pontiac. We don't do layups, man. Like, listen. <laughs> that listen. was beyond that. In high school, our coach didn't call fouls in practice. We had a no layup rule. Like, it's <laughs> a different era that, like, I come from. Like, we don't play. Look, 
Hey, we don't let certain stuff fly. But look, hey, we made we made the Bulls. I, I was a I am yeah. a bad boy Pistons fan. I'm not a Pistons fan. In 2004, that whole run with Charleston, them, I was not on the bandwagon because they were not the bad boys. But the bad boys, like that was my team. Look, I'm happy that they showed that, especially how you know important Dennis Robin was in that whole run. Um, the series, you know, we, we, we haven't had anything else to watch, so everyone's been tuned in. Now, the first, the premiere night, I was disappointed. Yes. Now, the, the Bad Boys, uh, the second night, uh, episodes three and four, I was very pleased with. I'm interested to see, you know, what the rest of the, you know, episodes will look like. But the opening night, I was, I, I, I was frustrated because... The opening night felt like a, this was a documentary made for kids that were 25. Mm. And I was like, if you were old enough to remember the 90s, y'all didn't tell us anything new. And y'all, you know, gave us this promo a year in advance about how y'all had all this stuff. In the first two hours, I was looking there like, I could have I watched that on YouTube. <laughs> like, give, give me something new. But episodes three and four, I was very pleased about, uh, again, like you said, that whole era of the Pistons, man, and, I, you know, Jamel Hill and Vince Goodwill and myself, you know, Michigan natives, we've been trying to remind people on social media, especially Twitter, look, the Pistons were three points away from having a three-speed of their own. You know, we talk about 89 and 90, people forget they lost game seven and 88 to the Lakers by three points. They were three points away from a three-peat of their own. And yeah. people like to say, you know, Celtics, Lakers, Bulls, nah, the Pistons were just as influential uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, as anybody else. They want the Showtime Lakers now. But that's another, that's another podcast. That's another, that's another show. Swept the Showtime Lakers, okay? You mean after, after, they, won, after they had won five? Like I said, yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was the, 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 the Magic Hamstring game, remember? But y'all don't want to bring up Isaiah's ankle when he dropped 25. No, 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 that was, tr- that was a great performance. I'll yeah, never forget great. that. I'll never forget yeah. that. But it's, it's amazing to see how Isaiah, those wounds have not, those wounds have not healed. The, the wounds, the wounds Jordan, have not healed. Or Jordan. Jordan, Jordan still Jordan. Jordan. Right. They're never going to heal. Right. Like ever. And they yeah. should. I, I don't see how you could ever, any player could ever forgive uh, Bill Lane Beer. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I was as not being a Detroit fan. I mean, I, I probably rooted for Detroit, you know, against some team against Boston. I'm sure I rooted for Detroit, but but right. you know, lame beer, man. There's no way. There's no as playing against them and just getting getting cheap shotted all day. There's no way you forget that stuff. Yeah, lame beer. Yeah, I mean, you didn't give anybody 44 stitches like Carmelo did. That's all I said. Well, yeah, okay, that's fair. Well, well, he's a truck driver. <laughs> Hey, listen, man. Hey, hey, this has been great. Uh, what, what are you working on now? What, what's, uh, um, you know, what, what's your new project? I mean, that you can share without. Uh, we got something coming, I believe, next week. Um, got to finish it up. Um, and I know we got to do some art with it. But uh, taking a look at something no one's done. Um, and it, I'm not going to give away too much. Um, but it, it's going to be something, something very, you know, throwbackish. And then take you down a, a trip down memory, memory lane, as people like to say, um, about some things that, that's happened in college over the last 30, 40, 50 years. That's some, some, really, some really intriguing things that happened on certain campuses. Um, really- Are we talking about fraternity sororities? No, 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 no. Okay. We're keeping it strictly to sports. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, um, some some interesting things that were happening on different campuses. Let me okay. before you get out of here. Let me ask you a quick a question. I know you wrote about this, but um, that was interesting to me. NFL draft Jalen Hurts going to the Eagles in the second round. The last thing I would have thought of. The last team I would have thought would have drafted him. What do you think that? What says about the Eagles? What do you think it says about Hurts' chances in the future? Well, if I'm not mistaken, like the, the Eagles is like the blackest <laughs> team for QBs in, in league history. When you look at all of they've had, I believe that's what that, I grew up an Eagles fan. Yeah, like we so did, Cunningham uh, McNabb. I believe he he'll be the eighth they've had because people forgot mm-hmm. they, they had Vince Young was there for a while. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. So I believe this is the eighth black QB they've had. It's either a starter or a backup. Um, you know, I wrote that how much this year of the quarterback thing really mattered when they got to Jalen Hurts. I, I was expecting third, fourth, fifth round. They did second. I was happy. And I was like, look, maybe I was wrong. And I, I'm glad to be wrong on this if if the tide is finally changing. Because, you know, and Bill, you the OG, you've seen the amount of guys that should have been QBs that were black in the NFL, but never got that opportunity. So if last season was, you know, was the, the final straw that, that broke down this barrier that should have never been built. Uh, I, I, like I said, I am happy to have been wrong. And if Jalen hurts is proof. Um, Cause like I told people, look, I was there for the Alabama Georgia game when he got snatched for two. It was yeah, the worst. That was terrible. It was the worst half of football I've ever seen a quarterback play on any level. However, when you look at his his career of all four years and when he did at both of those schools, if you if we did a blind resume with Jalen Hurts numbers and any of these other white quarterbacks, you would have picked Jalen Hurts because if we know if Jalen Hurts was white, he would have been he would have been a high first day draft pick just because white QBs with resumes like that don't wait around a day two. Right. Right. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think his story is a great story. I, I, I thought that was a great move by Philadelphia, a great move to get him. And I think it served notice to, to Carson Wentz, you know, who's not finished the season yet. They said, all right, motherfucker, you don't finish this season. You know, <laughs> they know you ain't got no Nick Foles this time. You got somebody who will take your shit and keep it, right. you know. Uh, so now I thought that was a great move. But I thought his story, like, like, like you, Karin, I mean, this guy – is the, the man at Alabama, the Nick Saban, who I think just completely gets the pass, benches this guy at halftime. He should okay. but you I, I, I was there. Okay. It was t- – like, listen, Alabama should have been up by at least two touchdowns if it wasn't for – Okay, all right, for the sake of argument, okay, should have gotten benched. But then he, he plays a good soldier, comes back for a year, there goes Oklahoma and has a whole nother career as a Heisman finalist. Right. To me, that is a great tribute to perseverance, to talent. You know, I think it's just an outstanding story. So, and he yeah. absolutely proved that he's a winner. Yes. You know, he kind of reminds me of, of Deshaun Watson a little bit, you know, maybe not as explosive. Um, but just that, you know, you knew, you knew going in that this, this kid was a rock. And he was a you always got a chance with him. Yeah, no question right. about it. And he, and he became a better, he became just better. Yeah. You know, no and then he, he improved his game. He yeah. became a better passer. Right. Um, but the reason, like, you couldn't really fault Saban was that. It's like, Jalen Hurts got yanked for the guy who was the second quarterback taken. And if you look at Tua's career, like, if, if I'm going to get yanked at halftime, let me get yanked for that dude. <laughs> because with 
Tua's done some things in, in college, and I expect him to do it in the NFL that we hadn't seen at all. And he took what I think he owns like every Alabama passing record ever that ever happened. Um, so it wasn't like he got yanked for some right. sorry white dude who's like a fifth round draft. Yeah, yeah, he a brother for a brother. I, I, I like that. College football. Yeah, I knew, I knew. brother for a brother. I'll, 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 I'll take that. But you know, Tua's problem is going to be just. But just the uh, the injury, that's yeah. that's a little bit of a problem. But I'm happy for him. Real happy for Hurts. Uh, I just think that's a great uh, a great testament. I was and, also uh, happy at the diversity too. We had what Hurts, Jordan Love, two of yeah. uh, Hawaiian. Now that, we had two brothers in Hawaiian in the top five QBs. <laughs> it was like, look, that, this is real diversity. Like, hey, that's gonna get your boy. That's gonna be. That, that's gonna get your boy reelected, though. It's all fuck. You know, here they come. That's gonna get POTUS forty five reelected. And fuck, you know, shit. We got to get to higher ground because there they come. You know, but <laughs> hopefully not. Hey, Kyle. Hey, listen, man. This has been great. Congratulations again, man, to yeah, you. Congratulations. Uh, speaking of resilience, you know. Uh, you each each stop, man. You just prove your talent and you prove your resilience. So that's great. And uh, you keep on debating with our guy, um, Yates. Yeah, yeah. Yates. Yeah. <laughs> Yates is my Play guy. Him. That's my guy. Yeah. All right. Hey, man. Listen, guy. Thanks so much. This is a great Kyle Phillips. He's a senior writer at Deadspin, a friend of the show, and of course, uh, the great, wonderful Aaron Matthewson. Aaron. Uh, you're, next day you're going to have to tell us how things are going to CNN you know right. tell us how mm-hmm. that's progressing what good things you got coming down the pike uh, all coronavirus then, related I know yeah sounds fun yeah yeah <laughs> and Jamal you know keep on holding it down there in Brooklyn no doubt you know with, with the family and uh, we will see everybody again on another scintillating version of uh, Bro's Pod next week right so as soon as jamal puts this up hey jamal you, you press the button right <laughs> yeah, the, button, the button is pressed, pressed. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody god bless see you next week listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.